Good morning. I had to distract myself from that song because that song, that hits a chord. Man, oh man. Oh, my goodness gracious. Props. Awesome. So here's something cool that we can do. You know, there's a, um, we're called to spread God's word. And sometimes, you know, talking to people can be a little nerve-wracking. What words am I going to use? I hope they don't ask me questions. What am I if I don't know the answers? There's a really easy way to do this, to share God's word. And it's to open up the Naples Seventh-day Adventist uh, page on Facebook and click share. Share with somebody. It could be one person. It could be the person that popped in your mind just now. Maybe that person needs to hear a message. Maybe they need to pull out of the world just for 20 or 30 minutes of their life. So you get to bless somebody, and I'm not saying bless them with my words, but bless them with a word. Bless them with the message of Jesus Christ. The power that he has heals. <clears throat> and he, uh, he's always there, man. Oh, sweet. Thanks. All right. Thanks. So I'm going to ask, I have to ask permission today because <clears throat> anytime I speak up here, I have to be cautious that I stay on note. So I'm going to ask you permission today with an amen. Can I be real with you today? Thank you. Absolutely. It's a better word. <laughs> so please be sure that we share. You know, um, have you ever asked yourself that question? Who am I in Christ? It's a very powerful question. And the easy response is, <clears throat> well, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. It's an, easy, it's an easy, really fast response, but that's very broad. Have you ever asked who you are? Who am I to Jesus? Who am I to the world in Christ? Well, we've got to start asking our question, ourselves the question is, you know, what creates who we are? <clears throat> and we allow things to, to infiltrate our lives. I'm not, you know, ignorant to that fact. But what's happening today? We have politics. We have the economy. We have civil unrest, we have the media, we have social media, and then we have religion. Take a look at how we see other people from this list. If you look at politics, I can name a couple of names. We have Donald Trump, we have Michael Pence, we have Joe Biden, we have Kamala Harris. We have the economy. We have really, really wealthy people and not so wealthy people. We have civil unrest. We have people that say we should just chill out and relax. We have other people that say we should not. We should do the opposite. We have the media. <clears throat> we have Newsmax. We have CNN. We have Fox. We have NBC. We have all these different spaces. We have social media. Man, could I spend a whole lot of time there? <laughs> and then we have religion. And how does this all start fitting into who we are? <clears throat> i got to be honest with you here is this. I think we're scared. Why can't we just be honest with ourselves? You know, it's okay to be afraid, right? If you're walking down a dark alley, your senses are heightened because you're scared. God gave us a cool chemical reaction in our minds that our sight is enhanced, our hearing is enhanced, we smell differently. You're like a cat. Even if you're 150 years old, man, you got a little adrenaline pumping, you can move like a, like a wild cat. 
But all the people that were sitting here and were having this fear towards, you know, it's fear towards each other, right? (laughs) Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. Man, imagine if we approached that in every single thing that we did in our lives because we talked about this before, that when we sit in a place of fear, you know, we, we don't like it because being afraid, is, is, it feels chaotic. You know, you feel helpless, feel powerless, right? It's disempowering to be, be afraid. <clears throat> and it's though we kind of need to focus in on something to get our, to get our emotions out. And, and, and it's easier, and I'll be honest with you, it does feel better to be angry than it does to be scared because it almost feels like it can control a little. I'm just really mad. I'm choosing to be mad right now. But fear, man, shows up just like this. It's debilitating. It's kind of funny. It's, <clears throat> you know, being angry, it almost gives us a sense of control. And it's, there's no control in anger. We're giving ourselves up to Satan. If you want to give control up, there's where the control is. You look at 9-11. Man, I don't, I, I don't know where you are, but I bet you remember. I woke up. <clears throat> it was my first week off in, I think, like 10 years and I was sleeping in, like, to 9 o'clock. And my dad called me up, and he's like, you need to turn on the TV. And I'm like, man, this better be good. Like, my first day of vacation. And I put it on. It didn't matter what station you put on. There was a building burning. Terrifying. Man. And then another one. And then there was more. And it kept getting worse as the day went by. And then the next day, we found somebody to be mad at. Regardless of what you believe and what happened, regardless of your theories or facts or however that shows up for you right now, has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is this. We found somebody. We found Saddam Hussein. We were like, yeah, let's get him. Roar. And we got super angry at that guy. And it removed some of the fear, so to speak. And I believe that actually, <clears throat> if you really start looking at anger, anger actually, in my opinion, is a version of fear. And we're just giving up control to somebody else. We're allowing something different than Jesus Christ himself to control your lives and to feed into you. Us. But the only thing we can really choose is how we be and how we see. If we look at human beings, it's being human. Right? So what does human being? What does that even mean? What does it mean to be human? Well, I remember uh, <laughs> we can look biblically. I remember that uh, when I started, I never really studied the Bible until I met um, Danielle and her family. And have you ever, like the first time that you opened it up, I know some of y'all are a little more seasoned than I am on the on biblical sense, right? Uh, thank you. Is that when you look at the red lettering, and I was like, well, what does red lettering mean? And Danielle's like, that's Jesus talking. I'm like, what? That's, those are his words? Like when I speak his words, I get to speak the words of God himself that walked the earth? She's like, yeah, and I was like, wow, and, I, and it kind of hit me that day, and it wasn't until I was kind of getting prepared this week, I was like, the magnitude of those words in front of us are so powerfully incredible. I had to sit back, and I, I humble myself because I get to read Jesus Christ's words from thousands of years ago right in front of me. So let's, let's, uh, let's stop for a moment and and really be with him. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you for this day, for blessing us so richly, for allowing us to come to here uh, in your presence, Lord, to glorify you, to be here with you, and to give to you, not to receive, Lord, but to give, to give ourselves over humbly, 
put down what we think we know, Lord, and to listen to your words as, as, they, as they reach us. I humbly ask that you guide me through these words so that I can do what you asked me to do this week. Let us stay present. In Jesus' name, amen. So, forgiving, man. A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. You know, if you take a look at, if you take a look at, at what Jesus, it, it's this, this relationship we're creating with him. Like, how many of y'all have a friend, right? That's a rhetorical question, right? <laughs> well, we have friends that, I have friends that I haven't spoken to in two, three, four years. And we can hang out together, and it's like we never skipped a beat. You know you can have that with Christ? Isn't that neat? It's like, oh, man, I haven't prayed for you in a week, or prayed with you, or to you, or, or around you in a week. And he's like, that's cool, man. I haven't left you. I'm just hanging out with you. I'm watching you struggle. It's cool, though. I'll be here for you. Right? <laughs> if you think of if you entered my mind, that's how Christ talks to me. And <clears throat> when we look at this, you know, we're mad and we're tricked, but we're really changed. What changed over the last 12 to 18 months? And you're like, well, Steve, that you watch the news? That's not what I mean. I'm talking about what changed between us. What changed between us? You ready? Nothing. You know, we're the, still the same people. We haven't changed. Our opinions haven't changed. We've just became more vocal. We have different platforms to speak from. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that guy. I've been friends with him for 10 years. I can't believe he thinks like that. Oh, well, delete block. And then we just disregard our friends because they think differently than we do. But what's the truth? The truth is very powerful. There's only one truth. It's right here. This is the truth. Except for we act like these beliefs that we have in these different human beings that are running the world and running the country, we act as though that they, what they speak is truth. And they're not speaking truth. They're speaking where they feel like they're coming from. It doesn't matter where you're left, right, middle, the ground, high, low. It doesn't really matter where that is. Um, hi, social media. It's cool that you're with me. Thanks. <laughs> Then we have, you know, one of my favorite people that, that I love reading about is Martin Luther King. Um, that guy gave. He gave because he loved. Yes, it is love that will save our world and our civilization. Love even for our enemies. When we look at Matthew chapter 5, 43 through uh, 40, 43 through 45, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But, so let's get rid of that one and come into here because he, the, the way this is spoken is if you really start thinking about this, it's like, well, hate your neighbor. It's, that doesn't, doesn't seem right. It's not, it's not coming from God. It's like, well, all right, well, let's keep going and see what happens here. But I tell you, love your neighbors and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on evil and the good. Sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. And he keeps going. If you love those, this is where I love this part, man. He just, he just, we get called out. <laughs> we get called out on our hypocrisy. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And are not even the tax collectors doing that? Ah, it stings a little bit, right? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not, I had to underline that because I really wanted this to sink in for myself. 
Do not even pagans do that? If we all just only hang out with the people that we know and believe in the same thing that we believe in, what are we doing? We're only feeding ourselves. This is a very selfish, uh, selfish. It's self, self-centered. Is that too powerful? I don't want to insult anybody. I may, may, may have already. <laughs> it's all done out of love, though, man. Because we have the opportunity through the words of Jesus Christ to change the entire world. You know, I mean, that's a powerful thought. <clears throat> Don't even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I looked, I was like, man, be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. That seems like a really tall order. I don't know if you guys have ever created expectations for yourself, but like my expectations for where I want to be is here. That's like, whoa. I'm not tall enough to hit that. So I'm going to come back to that. I did a little research on that. I thought that was kind of neat what came up here. <clears throat> so what about the eye for the eye, Steve? Got you. Well, I, had, I looked at that up too. You have heard it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Oh, hold on. Sorry. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, give them the other one. I was like, man, all right, no, that's what you're asking me to do. There's got to be a reason behind this. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, give them your coat too. If anyone forces you to go to a mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asked you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. This is a tall order for us human beings sometimes because if we, we, it's like, well, I keep giving to people and they keep taking. I gave to that person and they turned their back on me. They, every time I turn around, they're saying these not so awesome things about me. 70 times 70. It just keeps going on and on and on, man. We start modeling what Christ modeled. Here's the thing, though. We start rationalizing stuff, right? Steve, you don't understand. They were really rude to me. And you know what? I get that. Um, In my last sermon, we talked about people's words towards us and how it has nothing to do with who we are. It's their opinion and their view of the world and how they see things. It's most of the time. Well, here's the thing. You know, if you take a look at, if you take a look at what these words are doing, and the scripture that I talked, uh, the God's word that I talked about so far, we get to look ourselves in the mirror. We get to see us, because we're really great at seeing other people, and you know, kind of seeing the good and the bad, and the not so. I say good and bad and ugly. I don't like the word ugly. I don't like that word at all. But that's what we get to see. But when we're looking ourselves in the mirror, we can't escape who we are and how we show up for other people. Don't worry, there's good stuff coming. <laughs> so <clears throat> if you notice, I took my jacket off because I wanted to relax a little bit. So if you could, you can either stand up and give yourself a little stretch, right? We've been here for about a half hour so far, kind of getting into the mix of things. Don't worry, I'm not going to keep you any, more, uh, any longer than like two or three more hours. We're good. You guys like, that's the same joke I use every time. You've noticed that? <laughs> if I set the expectation here and I come here, man, you're like, yes. So when we take a look at, you know, <clears throat> we look at the way um, judging others. Oh, man, can't even judge people. 
Come on, Steve. This is crazy. Do not judge others and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And then we keep going, and this is where it gets me because, you know, I, I, uh, I, I really, I love my family. I do. And, you know, we don't, we don't always get along. For the most part, we do. But we don't always get along. We have differences of opinion. You know, I look at my, my brother and my dad and my mom when she was around, and we didn't always see it eye to eye. But we always, <laughs> we always looked at what they were doing wrong. And then you come over here to Matthew 7, 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? It's huge, right? The plank is gigantic. And then it continues to go. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when the time, I'm sorry, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from their eye. Well, it's like, man, am I ever allowed to judge people? You know, it takes, uh, I wrote it down in here somewhere. I can't remember what it was. Uh, there, you know, it takes 0.1 seconds to judge somebody. I had said before, and, I, and I, I wish I would have wrote down the scientist's name. I looked it up this morning. I said before it takes seven seconds, but that was, that was judging marketing, my marketing mind. It's 0.1 seconds. Love at first sight. As soon as you see somebody, you know exactly what they're thinking, right? And that's what happens. That's what we do. So <clears throat> I do it all the time, so now I feel bad. And that's what we do, right? We start reading scripture sometimes like, man, I'm a hypocrite. I'm this and I'm that. And then we start kind of getting a little bit down on ourselves. We create this story that we're not good enough even sometimes to even read scripture. Have you ever wondered that maybe that's where we're supposed to be, that we're supposed to be that humble, that we're pulling ourselves out of ourselves? I don't know about you, but sometimes I tend to overcomplicate my relationship with Jesus. And I start allowing my own words to get in the way of what his words are. <clears throat> you know, but I, I look at these, I, I'm, I'm constantly looking for perfect words for prayer. If you notice, I paused during our prayer this morning. It's because I was looking for the words to reach people. You notice, I, I said, I, I, I was searching for the words. I wasn't listening for the words. I was, I was searching for them. I don't want to miss anybody. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want anybody to feel bad. You know, if I start saying people's names, like, oh, my God, did I get everybody? Because I would never want somebody to think I didn't pray for them. So we start looking for all these things. Well, when we're sitting in that place, we're judging ourselves as right, wrong, good, bad, and indifferent. Well, I saw a poem on Facebook, and, and it was so powerful that I, I, I copied it because I wanted to read it. It's about a, uh, this, uh, the original author of the, of the story. It, was, it just said anonymous, so I, I did my best to look it up. However, it was modified by a gentleman named called, uh, his name's Franklin Price. And I, I, I got this slide because I really want you to be in this moment with me for a moment here because, you know, I put myself in these stories as where would I be in this story? What, what, what character would I be? <clears throat> A minister was passing through his church in the middle of the day and decided to pause by the altar to see who had come to pray. Just then, the back door opened and a man came down the aisle. The minister frowned as he saw the man hadn't shaved in a while. His shirt was torn and shabby and his coat was worn and frayed. The man knelt down and bowed his head and then rose and walked away. In the days that followed, at precisely noon, the preacher saw this chap. <clears throat> 
And each time he knelt for a moment, a lunch pail on his lap, and he just sat there. Well, the minister's suspicions grew with the robbery being a main fear. And he decided to stop and ask the man, what are you doing here? I don't know where you're sitting so far, but I know where I was sitting too. The old man said he was a factory worker and lunch was a half an hour. Lunchtime was his prayer time for finding strength and power. I stay only a moment because the factory is far away. And as I kneel here talking to the Lord, this is kind of what I say. I just came by to tell you, Lord, how happy I've been since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. Don't know how much don't know how much of don't know don't know much of how to pray, but I think about you every day. So Jesus, this is Ben just checking in today. The minister, feeling kind of foolish, told Ben that it was fine. And he told the man he was welcome to pray there any time. He says, it's, it's time to go. And thanks, Ben said, as he hurried to the door. And the minister knelt there at the altar where he had never been before. His cold heart melted. It's a very emotional story for me because I put myself in this place. <clears throat> His cold heart melted warm with love as he met with Jesus there. As the tears flowed down his cheeks, he repeated old Ben's prayer. I just came by to tell you how happy I've been since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. I don't, know how much, I don't know much how to pray, but I think about you every day. So Jesus, this is me just checking in today. Well, past noon one day, the minister noticed that old Ben hadn't come. And as more days passed, still no Ben. He began to worry and at the factory, he started asking around, and he found out that Ben was ill. Well, the next scene is at the hospital, and the hospital staff was worried because he'd gotten pretty sick. The week that Ben was with them, he brought changes in the ward. His smiles and joy was contagious. He changed people. That was his reward. The head nurse couldn't understand why Ben could be so glad when no flowers, calls, or cars came. Cards came, not one visitor came to see him. The minister stayed by his bed and he voiced the nurse's concern and then no friends came to show they cared. He had nowhere to turn. Looking surprised, old Ben spoke up and with a winsome smile, the nurse was wrong. She couldn't know. He's been here all the while. Every day at noon, he comes here, a dear friend of mine, you see. He sits right down and takes my hand, leans over and says to me. I just came by to tell you, Ben, how happy I've been. Since we found this friendship, I took away your sin. I think about you always. I love to hear you pray. And so, Ben... This is Jesus, just checking in today. In Godvine.com, it says, when we accept Christ, we are not promised a life without challenges and obstacles. We still experience the ups and downs that life has to offer. But where we are promised is that we'll never be alone. We gain the true definition of a best friend in Jesus. He is there for us every day. 
We don't have to pick up the phone or hop in the car. This is my favorite. He will meet us wherever we are. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to ask you right now if you have a prayer request, if you're on social media right now, to type it in the comment box. If you have a prayer request here, write them down and put them on that board. We are a praying church. We will pray for you. I ask all the time. It's cool because people pray for me. It's nice. You know, prayer works, right? It's a really powerful thing, man, talking and, and having a conversation with God. See, we take our eyes off the truth. This is where we sit. So why do we worry? Well, we're hanging out in the place where, where the devil wants us to sit, man. You know, I, uh, we're Avengers fans, by the way, if you didn't know. And there is a, one of them is, uh, ask my boys, they'll correct me if I'm wrong, the Age of Ultron, right? Where the only way the bad guy could conquer the, the Avengers was to split them up. To get inside their head and mess with you and you and you and you and make them angry at each other so they could no longer be a team. And I thought, whoa, it's kind of biblical. That's what's happening right now. This is what we're doing. Look around us, man. We're divided. We're divided more than I think I have ever seen in history. I'm not a super history buff, but I've, I've read the books. You know, there's a, there's a really cool Jewish tradition. I, I'm uh, good friends with, if you know uh, Zig Ziglar, his son Tom, I'm good friends with him. And he has uh, one of his mentors is a Jewish uh, a rabbi. And I thought, well, that's interesting because he is a Christian. And I was like, well, why would you do that? He's like, well, because I like other people's perspectives on different things. I'm like, that's really powerful. He's like, do you know that in the Jewish tradition, they get together to, to argue? And I thought, whoa, that's kind of funny. I'm like, about what? Like, I'm thinking dinner. <laughs> and, like, it would be like us getting together to argue. And it's not to argue for right and wrong. It's to argue to find the truth. And I thought, wow, what a crazy cool concept that is. They kind of got it. And here's a funny thing. I could tell you not to worry. And you'd probably laugh at me. And you would say something like, Steve, you don't understand what I'm going through. And you know what? You're right. I don't. I have no idea what you're going through, and I have no idea what's good and bad in your life, and, but Jesus does. You know, if we take a look at Scripture, I'm going to constantly point back to Scripture. You see, I never really understood how powerful these words are. When we look at um, oh, yeah. Sorry, I skipped a slide. So, who of you by worrying adds a single hour to your life? I thought that was kind of, kind of funny. That when we worry, do you know that actually takes time away from us? When we sit in that space of worry, we lose time. Time when we can be present. Time when we can be with our loved ones. Time when we can hang out with Jesus. And, and just, man, just be still for a moment. You know, worrying doesn't allow you to be still. It actually adds time, takes time from your life. You can't add time to it. So... When we take a look at Matthew 5.48, in the New International Version, we're talking about be perfect. Be in his love. Be perfect. Christ sets up the high ideal of perfect love. Not that we can truly attain it in this life. Whew, that was a close one. But however, it is God's high standard for us. So to be perfect, as it was talking about in Matthew 5.48... It's not about being without flaw. 
It's about giving and receiving and exchanging the love of Jesus Christ himself. You want to fix what's happening in our, in our society today? Be his love. Accept people for who they are, where they're coming from. Look, man, I sure, as I stand here today, I don't agree with everybody. I don't. They believe how they believe because that's what they believe. That's where they came from. Except for here's the unfortunate part. Is that why are we so angry? Because like I mentioned before, nothing changed from your friend that lives down the street or your own home or your own high school or your own middle school or college or wherever you guys were hanging out. Society went ahead and said, if you believe like this, and your friend believes like this, you can no longer like them. That's what happened. Society did that. I don't know if you're, you probably know this as much as I do. The devil, he loves to hang out on earth and feed us with stuff. He can only take us down by separating us. If you think any of this is, is not biblical, man, we really need to start checking ourselves. When we're told how to start not liking people because of the way they think differently than us, that's scary. Because you don't believe like I do, I can no longer be your friend. Does anybody have any friends that are Jewish or Islamic or uh, agnostic or atheists? Or choose them. Choose any of them. We're all buds, right? We're all friends. Imagine if, if, if I said it earlier and I kind of skimmed past it. Could you imagine if God got inside our head and he was like, oh, my word, you think like that? I'm going to go ahead and delete you and block you, and I'm going to tell all the angels about it. Whew. I know I hit a stone on that one. <laughs> but I'm still scared. Scared is, is, I mentioned earlier, is a form of worry. And worry is a form of predicting the outcome of the future. We're predicting something that doesn't even exist for our humans yet. It is 1140. And as far as we're concerned, 1142 doesn't even exist yet. Because you know something can happen right now and wipe us all out. We don't know. Or something could turn and we can be on the uptick again. Since we don't know, why put time into worrying? I have an awesome idea. How about we just start preparing instead of worrying? Go, you know what? That could probably happen. I should probably be I don't know, cognizant of that. I'm going to get some more water. Put some more water. Make sure my, my cell phone's charged. <laughs> we got to start being with God because that, that for us humans, this, ex- this existence of where we are just doesn't, simply doesn't exist. So if you look in Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 26, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Goodness gracious. Continuing on to verse 28. 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet, I tell you that not even Solomon, Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of those. If that how God clothes the grasses of the field, which here today and tomorrow are thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And we can look at clothes as clothes. We can look at clothes as, you know, dress pants and shoes and a, a shirt. Or we can look at it how we wear our faith. It's more than shirts. If we're looking at what we're wearing, are we wearing what he wants us to wear? Are you showing who Christ is through our love or our condemnation and judgment? Are we showing up as he did or as an alternate version In Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 33, it says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly fathers know that you need them. See, he knows that we need it. Have you ever gone without? I'd like to see. Raise your hand if you've gone without, if Jesus was never there for you. Yeah, it's a pretty unanimous decision. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble as its own. Oh, thank God I can only have to be here today. I don't have to be here tomorrow. I can only be here in this very moment right now. Ah, Jesus the rock. Goodness gracious. Where are we here? Thanks, Amelia. And then we sit back and our worry and our fear shows up in defense mode. And here's what's cool. God constantly brings us back to the word. And here we are, right back where we started. Jesus Christ, the rock, and where we are. Simply stating that I am a child of God means nothing until we walk it out. In Matthew chapter 7, 26 through 27, we come back to the same exact question. Who am I in Christ? See, in the beginning we talked about I'm a a son or a daughter of Christ. Are we walking out his words and are we wearing our faith? Are we bringing his love? Those are the questions we get to hang out with. Because Jesus Christ, as the slide before in the rock, is the foundation of everything that we are and how we show up. Matthew chapter 7 starts with 26 and through 27. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. And then we back up to uh, verse 24 and 25. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock, Jesus Christ. You are not built to include, endure, present, or have anger 
disdain, worry, or resentment. This is not from God. You were born to receive and give love. So, who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house is a place for me. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me and not against me. I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there is a place for me. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. We should stand tall and people should know who you are by the man and the God that we follow. They should recognize there's something different in you. Because we stand tall. We are, we are a very small majority. It doesn't have to be. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you for this day, for blessing us so incredibly richly. Thank you for your word and constantly bringing us back to where you are, Lord. Thank you for the print and red. Thank you for loving us for who we are. Thank you for not pushing us to the side because of our thoughts or our actions, but to see inside of our heart and to see that we're hurting and for giving us hope, for bringing us back to the good book, the good word, your word, Lord, for allowing us to be guided and directed through the day. And when we stumble and fall, thank you for being there to pick us up. Thank you for speaking life into us, for forgiving us the hope of salvation and the eternal life at the right hand of your Father, our Father God, that we are here short-lived, Lord, that we are able to see things exactly how you see them, as thwarted by the devil himself, that we no longer see through our human worldly eyes, but we see through your eyes, that we see this is the coming times of something incredibly awesome, and that we need to bring as many people as we can with us, Lord. There's no, no, no men or women left behind. Thank you for allowing us to choose. Please guide us as we go through this day, Lord, and let us see people differently. That we don't allow society to dictate who we love and who we not love. That we allow you to bring the people in our lives, the ones that we need to speak, through, speak to through your word. And help us speak to them where they are, not where we are. Thank you, Jesus. Bless us and bless us a lot. In your amazing, incredible name, amen.